Well, I mean, another guy who is a prime example of young spark, almost oblivious. Uh, it's weird to say, but oblivious to the current situation. You know what I'm saying? And just yeah. going out there and just doing it, like yeah. doing what I've done my whole life. Luke Voigt. You know that name? Yep. You're, you heard of that guy? Yeah, unfortunately. The, Luke, just, Luke just, Voigt. Just a meathead. Oh, yeah, baby. Just a meathead who's totally oblivious to the situation and just comes out. And he's like, I, I'm just going to just rake. I'm going to not wear anything under my jersey. I'm going to let the biceps pop. And I'm going to only button like two buttons on my jersey. and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 12. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. Hola, people. I have a a question for not only... Our, our listeners, uh, but for you. What you got? Uh, so, obviously, we're recording Thursday. I don't even know what the day is. October October 4th. 4th. So, you guys are going to be listening to this on the 5th. Today is National Taco Day. Did you enjoy some tacos today? I did enjoy some tacos. But you know what I have enjoyed this week? Uh, as you very well know, my birthday, October 2nd, oh, this, yeah. this Tuesday, I spent Sunday signing up for rewards programs for various restaurants around the area. And <laughs> this week I've been, um, traveling around, getting some free lunches, got a few subs, Perfect. some sub shops around. So it's been a good week. Haven't had to spend a dime. Birthday week. Having free food is all that matters. Free food is good food. Yep. You want to hop into some uh, playoff baseball talk? Take it back to the tiebreaker game? Craziness. Craziness. Which uh, which tiebreaker game you want to start with? Let's do Brewers, Cru- Brewers Cubs. That was the, I believe, the first game that happened that afternoon. So I'll let you dive into a little bit. So, super surprising seeing Milwaukee going into Chicago and just handle business. Um, I feel like Wrigley is just one of those hostile environments as an away team. And they came in, they played really well. I think Quintana threw really well for the Cubs. Um, but I think when you're talking about the Cubs offense, we have saw not only 163, but the wild card game that we'll dive into in a little bit. Um, just... The lack of getting on base, I feel like it's it's a, a swing and miss type offense with a lot of pop, but not a team that really pushes uh, pitch counts and works walks or works counts or works, you know, seeing eye singles or anything like that, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing that, aside from the lack of offense that the Cubs had working against them, was the fact that the Brewers were just on a tear at that point. I think that was like their seventh or eighth win. And although they're only able to put up three runs, if you're able to hold the home team, like you said, in a hostile Wrigley, 
to one run, I mean, you're doing your job. Yeah, and it was kind of – I feel like the Cubs just kind of like that car that just like rumbled and stumbled with a couple flat tires into the finish line kind of thing. They yeah. weren't playing great in the last couple weeks. Um, it just – I don't know. Just I guess not their night. So with the win, Brewers picked up their first division title since 2011. Um, as I'm sure everybody knows by this point, Yelich was unable to secure the Triple Crown. Uh, but he did win the batting title convincingly. Um, still on a tear as we speak. Uh, this current game he's in right now. He's already knocked a two-round bomb, but we'll dive into that a little later. Josh Hader, a guy who faced a good bit of uh, controversy earlier this year. He was the guy on the on the pump to seal the deal, um, to push it, uh, or to give them the title, rather. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing all that impressive from the Cubs, especially at home. Um, and just it's a very dormant tr- offense. Yeah. And just like I'd mentioned a couple weeks ago, they, they've got the, they've got that re- recent postseason, um, history to kind of fall back on, or you would have thought that that would have helped to some degree, right. but I just didn't, I didn't see a team that was there to win a team that had just won, won the world series. What, two years ago, I just, I wasn't impressed. I I was it like that team defined the coasting. We're okay. We're the Cubs. Like just the non-worried, nonchalant. Yep. We're gonna win this game no matter what mentality. And they got they got stunned a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Rockies Dodgers later that day. Um, Dodgers as I've been predicting the last what three months now. Yeah, and yeah. L West Division champs winning by a score of five to two. Uh, our guy Walker Bueller dominant. He had a he had like a no hitter going through five or six innings. Yeah, decent chunk. Um, he was taken out after six and two thirds, only gave up one hit, and even added an RBI single himself to help his cause. Um, definitely a. An, an impressive showing from the home team, unlike the the Brewers Cubs situation. Yeah, but we're talking another dormant offense with the Rockies. Just, um, you know, they're an explosive offense, but it's just like they didn't show up. Uh, I think Walker Bueller just kind of shoved. You know, they just showed him what's up, and I think we saw just very dormant from everyone until what Arenado and story went. Yeah. Yeah. And the back, uh, to back in the night in yeah. the ninth, Yeah. Which, Other than that, there was nothing happened, which obviously too little too late, but if you're a team that's looking to go deep into October, you're going to have to rely more on other guys and not just your, your headliners. You're going to have to show some sort of depth, whether it's offensively on the mound, you can't just rely on those, on those headliners. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to playoff baseball, like, it's your roster is just so exposed. Stars are expected to show up. They're always going to show up for the most part. That's why they're stars. Um, But the teams that really win it are, like you said, the ones with depth. Um, We typically say that experience kind of provides uh, a little bit of an edge. But, um, you know, it's just something that your your overall roster really gets tested. Yeah, for sure. And obviously with the loss, Rockies moved into the wild card game. 
to face the non-impressing Cubs. And as we know at this point, Rockies took the win 2-1 to one in 13 innings, which was the longest winner-go-home game in history. Uh, no other winner-take-all game had gone 13 innings. Um, but there was a little controversy in this game, as I'm sure you're aware of. Uh, the... The Arenado Baez hug. What was your what was your take on that? I, I know I have my own, but I'm curious to see how you feel about it. Really strange to the fact that like we didn't see, and I know what you're gonna say. We didn't see like the attempt to make to to finish the play from Arenado. Like we didn't see him trying to continue to do it because there was still time. Like there was still like right wow, like I can react and get something out of this play. And it was it was very strange. I don't know. Like I know it was all smiles and like whatever reactions by by uh, Arnaldo and Baez, but it was like Baez kind of like <laughs> overtook that play. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I know I've been tweeting a couple guys on uh, Twitter about the whole incident because I – I felt pretty strongly about it um, because there's just so many people saying, oh, this is interference, this changes the whole outcome of the game. And I'm like, all right, let's pump the brakes a little bit. It was a mutual hug. Like you like you already said, there was no attempt by Arnato to make the play at either base. Um, I think uh, any play that could have happened would have had to have been at first base because if you watch the replay – um, no shot of getting him at second. Yeah, right. from from one of the like the more popular angle that they were showing uh, consistently, um, you could see second base, and there was just no no shot there. So his only play was at first, uh, but because, like I said, Arnado is mutual. He Baez wrapped his arms around him, and Arnado starts laughing, giving him a hug or whatever. And I, I was telling a guy on Twitter, like I've, I know personally, like I've been in that situation. I've actually been on both ends of that play, where I've been the third baseman, I've been the guy that's running at the third baseman. And I actually, I feel like the reason I feel so strongly about this is because I actually lost time my senior year because I got injured because a dude, uh, or no, actually I was the guy who collided with the third baseman. It was just total crapshoot. Like it was nothing intentional on either on either side. It was just wrong place, wrong time. I actually uh, had an an AC sprain, is what I believe they called it. Uh, had to miss some time there my senior year, um, but yeah, it it was one of those things where I just think that they were both uh, happy that they, they avoided a collision because we've seen that stuff happen before where it just doesn't end well. Um, yeah, and again, like you said, because there was no no attempt made, I don't think there was any any point and there being any drama made of that, it is what it is. I think the reason that people were blowing it up is just because of the game, the situation that happened in. I think that happens in any other game. People just let turn, it go, turn their nose yeah. to it and move on. But, right. Um, but yeah, we have, I, um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it was just like, it, that's what it says. I don't know. To me, like, the Cubs are are such a such one of our mainstream teams right now. They're always one of the most popular teams, uh, just because you know they're old school. They've been around forever, but like this, these past few years, they've been the most popular teams. Fans are really just everywhere, kind of thing. And it's weird to me that like that is one of the main topics of that game. You know? 
Yeah, and I think partially just because it was such a low-scoring game, and if you were watching that, if you're watching the majority of that game, you you probably remember how just slow the offenses were moving. There was right. there wasn't really any momentum on either side in terms of stringing hits together or anything of the sort. So I think I w- I will give credit to people that are making a fuss about it because like I understand that's a shot to make something happen or whatever. But again, I just think if you look at it objectively, which if you're a rules official or if you're a, a replay guy, you have to look at it, not for the situation that's in, but exactly what happened. And like you said, what happened, there was no attempt made. That's all there is to it. Um, but yeah, talking about the Cubs, if like, what are you doing? If, if you're the Cubs right now, you have a chance, you already lost the game before the, the day before. And then now you've got your lot, your shutdown guy, John Lester goes out there and just throws his heart out, gives uh, six innings. I think he gave up four hits, only allowed up a run, which, again, in a, such a low-scoring game, a run is huge, but still a solid, right. a solid performance across the board. Only had one walk, and he had nine Ks, which actually um, I think it tied his highest postseason performance in terms of strikeouts. Um, but, like – who who really saw the Cubs losing both games? Like you said, they're one of the more the, they're one of the bigger market teams. They're right as you said. They're like the Cubs. We're here. We're in the playoffs. Like I just don't understand what you're doing. Like you have to be able to put something together offensively. You have to be able to string something together for if if you got a guy going out there pitching the way Lester did. It's just strange to me, and this is another prime example why we need to have a universal DH because Lester never should have been pulled. Right. Um, I don't think he was, I think he was in the eighties for pitch count. Like he wasn't high. I think he was he like least, low nineties. I, th- I believe he at least had one more in him, you know? Yeah. Um, just another argument like this, this it's come on. We need to, this is now affecting games where, and I get it because, we're talking about actual managing happening, right? Like we're actually talking about strategic moves in the game of chess actually being played. But the truth is, is that the, I mean, if you're going to be upset about how long games take, if you're going to be upset and even regardless if this game went 13, it was still going to be long for a nine inning game. Right. Because of the amount of moves we make in the NL, because of the amount of switches that we have to do double switches and matchups because you have so many guys in the bullpen and it's just get a dh let lester do his thing and i believe the cubs probably could have snuck that out if lester kept going i really do yeah because there's just a fire and energy that like you're your leader your captain if you will of that clubhouse is saying i'm blown through the door i'm knocking these guys out it's time for you guys to step up i feel like it would have happened right and it's funny you mention that because I actually have similar thoughts on that uh, pertaining to actually this game that's currently on, the uh, Rockies and Brewers, but we'll get to that. Um, but really, wrapping up my thoughts on the Cubs, um, this this whole expert analysis and, and everybody having an opinion on Twitter thing, I feel very strongly about this. Like, you've got all these people saying, oh, it's the Cubs, like, They'll, they'll seal the deal, no problem. They're headed to the NLDS, yada, yada, yada. It's the Rockies. I get it. Um, 
But like I said, who saw the Cubs losing two games? And at home, and, exactly. And so my, the thing that I always compare this to is like March Madness. Is like when you're filling out your bracket. I feel like I'm personally scarred from this when I was a kid. Like filling out my bracket as like a six, <laughs> like a sixth grader. Like I'd be asking my friends, like, "Oh, like who should like who should I pick in this game?" And they'd be like, "Oh, obviously go with such and such." And then that team would go out and lose by like 25 in the opening round of the tournament. And <laughs> it's just one of those things where, I, I mean, I get it. Everybody's opinionated. They want to like share their thoughts on why they think such and such a team is going to win. But like the experts get it wrong. So like, I don't understand why people are trying to sound so sure that this result or that result is going to happen. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I think we've seen, we saw a prime example of that with Chicago losing both at home, like you said, because I, I know I personally didn't see it happening. And I think the Cubs are probably more stunned than anybody as they prepare to look forward to 2019. So, yeah, I agree. And to, uh, I'm going to toot my own horn for a second. I I actually was wondering why Drew Butera was the the backup catcher that ended up coming in for so long. Yeah. Um, to to follow up with Chris Iannetta behind the plate. I feel like Tony Walters is like a. I th- I thought he was really good defensively all year. Yep. And he's kind of that young spark. I don't know. I, that's just me, though. I, I actually would have had that guy in the game a while ago, not just his uh, his uh, pinch hit situation. Yeah, and like I know that you and I, especially me, talk all the time about the veteran experience, all that, and having the age and the 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 time spent in the postseason. But like you just mentioned, sometimes you need that that young spark, the guy who's kind of fresh to the scene and getting his feet wet because he's. There, there have been a number of times where guys like that are the ones that make the difference, and I think we saw a brief glimpse of that in that particular game. Well, I mean, another guy who is a prime example of young spark, almost oblivious. Uh, it's weird to say, but oblivious to the current situation, you know what I'm saying? And just yeah. going out there and just doing it, like yeah. doing what I've done my whole life. Luke Voigt. You know that name? Yep. You're, you heard of that guy? Yeah, unfortunately. the Luke, Luke Voigt. Just a meathead. Oh, yeah, baby. Just a meathead who's totally oblivious to the situation just comes out and he's like, I- I'm just going to just rake. I'm going to not wear anything under my jersey. I'm going to let the biceps pop. And I'm going to only button like two buttons on my jersey. That's all you need, dog. That's, That's all you need. Keep it on there. I'm just going to show up in the most clutch time. Yeah, well... As much as I don't want to, let's uh, let's break down the A's Yankees game. Give me, I'll let you uh, take that over there, Chief. Absolute just fire coming out of out of Yankee Stadium. No, hold just. on, hold on. Let before you get any any deeper into this, I just need to acknowledge the fact that TBS absolutely sucks. Okay, so as I've told you before. I don't have cable down here because my roommate yeah. and I don't see the sense in spending money on cable when much of what we can or much of what we prefer to watch can be accessed online or an app or whatever. So sure. I, I turned on TBS last night, f- just fully prepared to, to tune into the AL wildcard game. <laughs> and it tells me that the game has been blacked out in my area. And I'm sitting here in Durham, North Carolina, wondering why I can't watch a game being played like eight hours away from me. And so <laughs> I go like, I, I start tweeting at TBS, like, 
your service is trash, figure it out. <laughs> and apparently there was close to 200 replies on their tweet about the game of people saying the same thing. So apparently this was like an East Coast slash oh, central wow. regional issue because I, I saw people on there talking uh, from, I get, or no, they were tweeting from like Chicago and some others were uh, thinking like DC and Philly. And so apparently this was like a, a big time issue last night with people. And I guess like TBS has no clue how to cover a postseason baseball game because I guess they were they were overwhelmed in terms of their their servers or their coverage, whatever. I don't know right. how that stuff works. But I was pissed because I missed like the first inning and a half before TBS finally got their act together and finally oh, got the game so, up. So you missed Aaron Judge hitting an absolute missile. Uh, fortunately, fortunately, I did. Um, I was I was happy. I didn't have to witness that um, absolute missile and just mayhem going off in the le- in the left field bleachers. Well, let me ask you. Speaking of the judge home run, I actually had some thoughts about this. Do you think if it were anybody else that Yankee Stadium would have been rocking the way that they were after that? So here's kind of what I touched on a little while ago. Um, with the means of Aaron Judge and and just the topic of him overall, like Yankees fans in general have been very thirsty for that next Derek Jeter, if you will. Thirsty? Are we are we alluding to the guy that threw beer at the A's fan? <laughs> that was that was really like kind of messed was, up. That honestly, was trashy. Yeah, terrible. Is that what but, your fan base is made up? Of? No. That's that's what drunken bleacher creatures provide. Anyway, when when we talk about Aaron Judge, it's it's more the fact that like not only does this guy always seem to say the right thing, always seem to keep you know an even heart rate, no matter what's going on. He is now providing energy, he's providing fires, providing leadership. Um, so the Yankees have really been like Yankee fans have really been just wanting that that next guy to step up and be that generational role to where we see this guy being a Yankee for a while. So you know we saw just a really good rookie year. Obviously, we saw um, you know somewhat of an injured second year, but still very productive. Um, and now he's making a difference in the playoffs, and it's just everything that every Yankee fan hoped for. And so we want we wanted to last, but as as far as last night, it was more of like it was more of like I wonder if half that stadium called that shot. You know what I'm saying? Like right. this ball's going out, and all of a sudden it does, and it was just we it, it, everyone loses their mind. It was just great, ex, uh, just great environment that um, that was happening at the stadium. So I think seeing um him doing it is just it's perfect so well, yeah that so that's what i'm asking it's like do you think if maybe it's still like early in the game it wraps lineup wraps around again and it's like mccutcheon comes up with a guy on base and he hits it out do you think do you think it was because judge and the fact that there's that kind of like sentimental aspect of it where he's been he's been hurt a little bit this year and he's He's basically personally, the, he's basically the fa- face of the franchise. Do you think there's personally, any element in that? Yeah, personally at that moment, I'm going to say it doesn't matter who hits it. Looking back, it's going to last a little bit longer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That taste, okay. That's fair. Yeah. That taste is going to last a little bit longer. In the moment, it doesn't matter. 
But looking back, I mean, him doing it, Stanton doing it, um, DD is actually like a huge fan favorite. He's super underrated when it comes to fan favorites for the Yankees. DD is like one of the guys. Right. And obviously Luke Voigt being as hot as he has been the last month or so. Like, I think that core of guys lasts a little bit longer and stays with you. Yeah. So basically saying just like looking back, it's going to be more of an iconic moment because it's a guy that you think will be around for the long haul. So Right. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. But I mean, other than that, we saw just dominant uh, overall pitching by the Yankees. Severino came out and said, I want to give my guys four strong innings. He gave four plus. Still think, get- still think Hap's a better, gu- the better guy in that situation. But, I'm happy Hap will be going game one against the uh, against the Red Sox. I think he's had success against the Red Sox, and I think we're just going to keep riding that momentum with him. But I think Sevy is like, this was a staple moment where he's like, I'm still the horse. No matter if I have my struggles for a good, and well, basically the entire second half, like I'm still the guy, this is still my rotation, and I'm still the future. That's what he came out and said. And uh, bullpen, you know, shoved for the rest of the game, and and uh, his offense did what they do. Yeah, offense did what they what they do. So it was just a, a very typical Yankees game when the Yankees are rolling. You know what I'm saying? Like when the Yankees are playing Yankee baseball and they're like, and all these people are saying they're in the top five teams in baseball, this game definitely, you know, exampled being the Yankees being the Yankees right now. I would agree with that. And then going back to Severino, I think looking at it from the baseball player's perspective, not as a Red Sox fan or anything, I can I can agree with you in the sense that this was like a big moment for his his confidence, his swagger, just like being able to do it, to do it on the big stage, prime time. I think that was huge for him moving forward. Um, so, again, while I think Hap was, in my opinion, I think Hap, because of his ERA at home versus on the road, why I think he was a better choice to go for that game. I think as a baseball player, I'm happy for Severino because I know what that's like to right. have your confidence waver a little bit, but to have that moment where you can kind of solidify it. Yeah. I think I think the fire that he shows. I mean, you saw so much emotion after his last strikeout, throwing 100 um, and just, you know, it, it being his hardest pitch. It's just the fire that comes out of him. He's He's pumped up. It it feeds the the atmosphere. It feeds the dugout. I think Hap's awesome, but he's that guy that's just same heartbeat all the time. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't go up and down. In that moment, he's putting his head down, grabbing his glove with the other hand, and just walking off the mound. Whereas, and which is absolutely necessary in certain moments. But whereas Sevi in this certain opportunity or specific chance, I should say, he just got everyone going and everyone fired up, and then. You know, two innings later is when the big offensive spurt came out with Luke Voigt. Yeah. And, I mean, I can talk objectively about Yankees if need be, but at the end of the day, I'm a Red Sox fan, and I can assure you that I would never personally purchase tickets to go to Yankee Stadium to watch them because they're the worst team in baseball. Oh, well, I guess we'll see. So where would you purchase tickets to and how? If – Something came over me, and I had to get tickets to go to Yankee Stadium. Can I tell you? Can I tell you where I would go? Uh, 
I'm not sure I can guess this one. Well, that's good because I've got the answer for you. It's SeatGeek. Do you need tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert, including playoff baseball? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date that gets tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. Moving on to the game that we are currently watching here in the bottom of the 10th. I know you're a little bit ahead of me. I'm on a slight delay because I'm <laughs> I'm a millennial and watching it on my computer. Um, but just a little little tidbit about this game that I saw. It was either tweeted or they put up a graphic on the game. But this is um, the first time in a National League postseason game that the batting champ and the home run champ have squared off in a postseason oh, game, cool. which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then obviously our guy, I know you texted me about it, Yelich getting that much-needed two-run home run a couple games too late, but still big. Obviously in this game, it's their own, only offense they have right now in terms of run output. Um, but some some thoughts I had watching the beginning of the game, I don't know if you saw the start, but... Uh, the, no, I missed the, the start. Okay, so the guy who started for Milwaukee... Uh, Brandon Woodruff, he's a, so he's a reliever, and as we all know, they were they're going with like the opener bullpen game, whatever you want to call it. Um, apparently, he had gotten to the game, or he was he was in full uniform, ready to go four hours before the game, just like he would be if he was in a, like a reliever role. Yeah, and they were just talking about how he went through the same exact routine, and something I thought was actually cool, and they they showed the the clip of it is he actually entered the game from the bullpen. So rather than come, coming up the steps with his team, yeah, they showed him opening up the door and coming out, which I thought I thought that was pretty cool because you and I both know how superstitious guys can be. Oh, yeah. And, We're creatures of habit. Exactly. Sure. And, yeah. So I thought that was, uh, thought that was cool. Um, but a note on him, and this kind of relates back to what we were talking about of needing a DH. That This... I witnessed probably the worst combination of all of that in this game. So Brandon Woodruff had thrown three innings of just shut down baseball. And because he was a reliever, they didn't want to ride him too long. Even though like the guys in the studio that they went to in between innings, they all said, yeah, let him ride at least like another inning, maybe two if it's quick. Um, because Craig Council wanted to follow the his regiment, which I can respect. But because they had a, a system in place, he had to get pinch hit for, and then he got replaced on the mound. And the the, well, I- the issue there is the I can't remember who pinch hit for him, but was apparently a key roll off the bench, and he flew out. And then because he's a pitcher and had to get replaced on the mound, the guy who I, again I can't remember who it was, but he had to he was out of the game at that point because he had to get replaced as a pitcher, which again just to me solidifies the need or it doesn't solidify, but it it furthers the argument of, of needing a universal DH. Hundred percent because it's like 
I don't think people quite understand how hard it is to pinch hit. And I know at the big league level, it's a little bit different than what you and I experienced in college or high school where they have they have a clubhouse. They got cages behind, like, underneath underneath the clubhouse and you can hit a little bit. You can stay loose or whatever. But overall, it's very hard to pinch hit. And it's just – it's it's I, in my mind just ridiculous to try to put that much pressure on what's already a difficult position in the pitch hit saying i'm taking out my my and you know not speaking specifically in the situation but probably more so towards the lester one a few days ago but one that like we're focusing so much on this situation that i'm taking out my starter right. i'm taking out my guy on the mound who's throwing a gem who is leading it and and pretty much single-handedly doing things for us, for you. And I have to be okay with the fact that you're probably going to strike out or pop up. You know what I'm saying? It's just we think that if guys are hitting – any guys that are hitting anywhere near 300 and pinch hit rolls, awesome, amazing. That's really hard to try and, and quantify in such a big spot. Just put the freaking DH in. Like, yeah. Let's put the DH in. Let's let these big name dudes on the bump do what they do best. Or let's teach these these guys how to hit in the minor leagues. At yeah. least hold their own. I'm not asking for 300 hitters. I'm asking for 200 hitters. All right. I will. I will ask for that. Yeah. At least swing and and look normal. At least run the bases and look like an athlete. Teach that at the minor league level, and it'll change my perception on the DH role. But if you're going to just completely eliminate guys doing anything at the minor league level, don't have, I mean, you got to have a DH. But yeah, my biggest thing with the whole pitchers hitting movement is the fact that the hashtag pitchers that rake exists. Like that goes to show you right there that it doesn't happen because you have to conv- you have to create a hashtag you have to create a movement to convince me that it happens which tells me right there that it doesn't so let's just quit with the charade of pretending like it's preserving tradition and and the history of the game and the purity of the National League and just give, yeah. just give the people yeah. what they want yeah. um, but anyway wrapping up the Rockies Brewer series. For now, at least, uh, game two will be on Friday at 4.15, uh, also in Milwaukee. Uh, but moving on to the other matchup in the NLDS, just real quick, obviously, game, well, game I just started, um, but not enough to really dive. Oh, it looks like they're actually, Dodgers are up one nothing in the top of the second. I think you hit a, I think you, Jack Peterson hit a bomb. Oh, well, there you go. Um, obviously Kershaw not going in, in game one, uh, Dave Roberts commenting on the fact that he went with Kershaw in, or is going with Kershaw in game two because, uh, well, actually the reasoning he provided was that Kershaw is much better this season or was much better this season when he was given extra time between starts. He had a three, two, one ERA on four days rest. Uh, versus a two four eight ERA with five or more days of rest, um, and then also they had the Dodgers had no plans of starting Kershaw on short rest in Game Four if it gets that far. Um, 
But if they if they do get to a game five, he'll be starting that game on normal rest anyway because they have two scheduled off days during the series anyway. So not a terrible move. Um, you just if I'm if I'm the Dodgers organization and the fans, you're just hoping that you can get a win in game one, so you're not right in a in a five game series. You you don't want to have your backs up against a wall right out of the gate. So if you can get a win, then the move looks brilliant because hopefully Kershaw just goes out and shoves game two. Otherwise, might be cause for a little second guessing. Wow. Brewers just walked it off. Did they really? Yeah. Moustak is single to right. Moose. Ball game. That's big time. So Brewers are up wow. 1-0. If the Rockies could have snuck this game out, I would have said this might be a series. But with this, yeah, just see. momentum is building. Yeah, for sure. Milwaukee momentum. I guess they're the team to beat in the National League right now. Yeah. The record says so. Um, but, yeah, not much to cover on Braves Dodgers as of yet. Game two, obviously game one going on right now. Game two will be at 9.30 Eastern on Friday. Was there anything ALDS-wise you really want to touch on? I mean, Indians-Houston, or I'm sorry, Indians-Astros game will be at 2 on Friday, and the Yankees-Red Sox game is scheduled for 7.30 two games I know I'm looking forward to more so than the two that we saw today. <laughs> I'm a big big AL guy as you very well know. Yeah, I don't think we need to <laughs> I don't think we need to state that anymore. I think Although I I do obvious. I do want to go on record as saying we need to establish some sort of uh wager again for this series. It's the first time they've met in the playoffs since 04. So I, I think even if we don't figure it out here on air, I think we gotta we have to go on record as saying that something's in the works and that we'll have something decided by game time tomorrow. All right. Well, maybe we leave it to the people. Maybe the people can help us out a little bit and uh, and choose choose something that's fair, not absolutely insanity. I mean, I'm all for insanity. I mean, listen to you serenade me, sweet Caroline. That was a beautiful thing. Well, it's the last time it'll happen. Yeah, we'll see that. <laughs> unless that's what the people want. Round, round two. I forgot the lyrics already. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, that about does it for the second postseason edition episode. Uh, appreciate you all tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys early next week, most likely. That is the plan. That is the tentative plan, at least. But who knows? Boston might have already clinched a berth in the LCS by the time you hear us next. So we'll see. We'll leave it up. We'll leave it up to fate. In the meantime, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it, and leave that review. Nate always says five stars. Five stars. That's fine with me. Oh, and one last thing. I actually just put in a recent order for some three O take decals. They just got in uh, just the other day. So if you've made it this far into the podcast and you would like one of those, I will gladly send you one of those free of charge. All you got to do is reach out to me. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, even Facebook, Snapchat, whatever. Reach out to me. Let me know that you want one. And again, I will gladly send you one free of charge. All you got to do is hit me up with your address. Uh, we love you guys. And as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until then, stay filthy.